So that obviously, thanks for having me on, guys. I'm George Mills, and I'm basically a failed footballer who tried to become a runner and is still trying, basically trying to try to follow in the footsteps of the old father. And yeah, didn't didn't quite work out. So we found uh, myself on on the track, and that's well, brought me you on have here. Three thirty-six, and you have got a European title. So don't open up by doing yourself down like that. Because we're all failed footballers in this game. Yeah, I think I think that's how it works, isn't it? I think you only you fall into athletics because it hasn't quite worked out in in that that sport as such. But yeah, but more importantly, this season you dropped a three thirty six, British champ, British champ indoors. Tw- actually, British champ twice because you had the indoors as well. Uh, so really successful. Successful season. How, how are you feeling after after this year and going into COVID and all that sort of stuff? It's kind of bit of bit of a weird time of the year, anyway. I guess when when your focus is is the summer. But yeah, talking about this season and and at the moment, how, how's everything been? Yeah, so I to be honest, last season I couldn't couldn't have it couldn't have gone any better. Like to have that the successful indoor season come away with a British title and a PB indoors as well was a really nice nice start to the year. And then obviously everything got put on hold a little bit, that sort of thing. And then had to like like everyone else had to like do a bit of so a lot of solo work sort of thing. And then came out in the summer in fairly good nick and fortunately managed to get a nice little PB and a British title, which I think the British title was definitely a big surprise for me. So I remember speaking to my dad and John on the morning of it, just on the phone, and we were like, okay, what what do you think's like realistic today? We're like, we'll be happy with a medal, I think. Because I was I think I was going in fourth on PBs, whatever. So yeah, so we we kind of tried to keep our expectations realistic for that race and just try and execute the plan that we wanted as well as we could. And fortunately enough, I was able to come away with a win. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It was a sick race to watch as well. Uh Especially that last, like that last two fifty, when it was sort of not quite anyone's game, but you didn't really know like who was going to sort of pull the trigger. Because um, for a lot of it, it seemed like no one wanted, no one wanted to take anything, no one wanted to sort of do anything. And you kind of time goes by, suddenly it's the last lap, and it. I mean, everyone was still there with four hundred to go. So it was sort of, to a certain degree, anyone's game. But uh, obviously, that gap opened up pretty. Pretty, especially the last hundred meters, that was that was crazy. That with you, Josh, and West was in there as well, wasn't he? Um, yeah, yeah was I, it, was, it was it was like interesting, wasn't it? Because it was literally like I think anyone could have won that race going into the final lap, and it was just about probably positioning and when you made your moves or whatever. I, can, I remember like I still watch it sometimes going down the straight, and I still think that I'm going to get caught like. Because you know it was, it was so tight, isn't it? Like every you could have thrown a blanket over the top four. Like anyone could have won that race on a different day. Yeah, it's always weird getting hunted on the home straight as well, isn't it? It's kind of like when you're that person at the front, you sort of so late in the day, you don't want anyone coming around you, obviously. Um, but yeah, no, that was cool, and it was uh, obviously Josh lives like near us, and he's in our training group and all that sort of stuff. He had a good run out that day. He had a good season as well, but. Um, Talk about some of your other races that season. Travel around Europe a bit, got some races left, right, and centre. Whereabouts did you PB? So I PB'd in my last race, which is was in Zagreb. It was a continental 
tour gold meeting, I think. So it's the biggest, the biggest event I've ever done. I think McSwain was in there around like 3.32 from the front, whatever. Uh, so yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a big, a big event to be at. I think it was where Rowden and Giles and Whiteman all came top three in the eight. Yeah. yeah so, so it was a big meet and it was nice to have a bit of a crowd there as well. So it's just about learning that different type of racing, obviously going through a bit quicker. Like it was, I think it was like 20 seconds difference to the champs. So just shows like the variety and what a 1500 race can be. Yeah, man. Like you say about the crowd, it must've been weird this year. Cause I kind of enjoy running like around the crowd. So Armour 5k streets were like lined and you sort of even forget your race and you're just hearing it 24 seven. You've, you've done a couple races this year where the crowds been like pretty minimal, I guess. Yeah, so I think with the crowd as such, I think what when you're actually in the in the race, I don't know if you guys find that on the track, but you don't really notice anything. Yeah. Kind of like just in the zone, just focusing on that. The weirdest the weirdest thing for me was finishing British champs with no right. crowd. I rem- if I think back to indoors, I like look straight up to my family like and they like obviously saw them and then got to have a chat with them like straight after the race and kind of enjoy that time with them. But when you when I finished British Outdoors, it was kind of like, oh, it's like no one, no one here. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. weird. It was a bit, a bit of an odd one. But my last two races, there was a crowd, so I went from British Champs to Poznan in Poland, and that was like normal, mate, like full crowd. They got people on with the winners to have a picture after the race and stuff like that, and so it was, it was almost like a different world from what we're doing yeah. this year. And then there was like a little one in Zagreb, but. Not, not much. Yeah, that's quality. To be fair, you did get a few races in with the crowd, but like you say, with the track, you sort of switch off. You don't really hear anything anyway, and then you don't think about it until after. But um, yeah, and, and talking about sort of sort of everyone that comes on, how you kind of got your start with running. Obviously, the, the early stages, uh, you had that European youth uh, record and win. Was that in? Where was that? Was it 2016 in Georgia? Georgia, that was the one. Yeah. So, so I guess talking about how you how you got into the sport, how, how you found your way in, and even the early progression stages you took um, from getting to running to then becoming you know European youth champ. Yeah. So I started off probably like probably what every single person you speak to on here is like okay, I'm doing loads of sports at school playing a lot of football, whatever, and then just doing the school races as such. So you've got like your, your school where you race everyone in, in that sort of thing. Then you've got your area one, your county one as such. So it's more, more just stuff like that. I remember I qualified for my first English schools under 15 cross country. Right. And at that time I was still running in football boots and everything like that. And I, I, managed, I, sort of made, I had no idea how, but managed to come away 11th. I was like, I, I, mate, I didn't know what was going on. Like, you, you know, when you're at the, the age where you just kind of, you have no idea what you're doing and you just, yeah, just you just run hard. You got your football socks on, you got your Nike materials on, yeah. left and right feet, may, maybe a pair of like Magistas or something, and you're just absolutely flying around the cross country course. Yeah. My, 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 favorite, my favorite shoes to race in, you know, the, um, what are they, the, the old materials that Omri used to wear, like the white and red ones. Yeah. I'd, yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd, they're rapid, mate. Great bit of kit. Great bit. I mean, you, you can imagine doing a cross country in like a pair of material or something like that. I can't imagine 
like a, you know a pair of tempos can't yeah, see yourself yeah. running across country in a pair of tempos just yeah. not doable yeah so it, i kind of went when went cross country there when i was under 15 top, top end under 15 that was when i made that team and then made the north yorkshire team for the english schools that year and that was i think i ran ran i came away with a pb of two minutes there so like for me, when I got there, it was just about getting into the final. And I remember after it, after the heat, I was in a state, mate. I was like sitting down for like two hours. I just, my body just wasn't working. I was in like a massive hole after that. So, and I think the next day came sixth, yeah, sixth in the final, I think, which, which was awesome for me because at that stage, I was just thinking, okay, let's make the final of national champs and then see where we go from that. And then, yeah. Year year after that, it was like okay, let's make the final again. Your bottom end under seventeen, and then year after that, it was okay, let's see if we can win your top end under seventeen. Managed to win that, and then then qualified for the Commonwealth Youth Games team, which was out in Samoa, which was probably the most awesome place I've ever raced, and probably ever will race. Yeah, a lot long old way to get there. I was like, I think we were on the plane for twenty four hours in total. Jeez. Was was ye at that one as well? Was ye? Yeah, like so there, there was quite a few of those. Me, Gormley, Archie Davis, Markham. Uh, who else was there? Yeah, Alex, you was there as well. Yeah, stacked team. There's a good old, good old group. Neve Emerson was in that team as well. So it was pretty a lot of a lot of good athletes there. Yeah, definitely. And then going from wait, whereabouts did you? How did you get on in that one? Uh, I think I came fifth. I think, yeah. which again was just, for me, it was about those early stages. Like it was a big, it was a big achievement for me making finals and making a team as such. Like I wasn't, I wasn't too worried about going and winning those competitions, but well, we would have had no chance of winning. Cause you know, what's his name? Was it, it'd be a bet, the Kenyan guy. Oh, you guys had two yeah. Kenyans in common. Him, him, him and his mate ran 144 in the final. Oh my, and I, yeah. I've watched that on YouTube. I've watched yeah. that and then the 3K, I think. You just, you just watch the thing and this is not fair. It's actually, like, not fair. <laughs> Two different races. But uh, it's a good fun and a good, good experience. And then after that, it was obviously Euros next year, which was, which was the main goal for me. That was, like, main goal was make that team and then kind of see what position we're in when we get there. And I think I went in ranked third there was two Italian guys who were ranked ahead and again fortunately enough I was able to execute right and come away with the win yeah yeah definitely and I guess it was decent that you had that um, that international experience and sort of that English schools experience beforehand as well uh, it's always weird like your first international I remember European youth so I walked into the courtroom and there was like this Turkish guy yeah yellow eyes I'm, I'm not kidding yet yellow eyes He's, he's shadow boxing in the core room, just making eye contact with me when I walk in. I'm thinking, this isn't for me. This is too scary <laughs> for me. I'm out of here. I'm scared. Line up on the line. He's staring at me and Tom. Because uh, like we've gone in like first and second fastest at Euro Youths. Um, he's staring at me. This guy looks like he could kill me sort of situation. And my head just went from like the gun. But it's sort of, there's, in the core rooms at these sort of races, I don't know if you've ever like got any sort of, weird call room stories but uh i've had a couple weird experiences with the turks because even at european juniors um just stripped off naked in the call room yeah i i had that 
what was it? I think it was, I can't remember who it was, but I remember so I walked in, I was like European youths again, and I walked in and some guy was like changing his shorts in the corner, like facing the other way. I was like, what is, what is going on? Yeah, exactly. Like, I've, that... I've never come across this in my life. No, that's the thing, and I'm because even European juniors, the Turks one up there. They're completely one up. Like the same guy, I've forgotten his name. Scary looking bloke. He's got half tights on in the corner. And I'm thinking you're going to do a five k in half tights. Come on, big man, get your splits on. Funnily enough, he just strips off in the middle of the core room, start naked, just looking around at everyone. He's in no rush to get this second pair of shorts on. Then he gets his split shorts on. I'm thinking like. I didn't think it was going to get weirder than him like shadow boxing me in the call room last time. And now he's just taken all of his kit off and got changed in it. It just See, carnage. A, a smart move there would have been putting the split shorts over the half tights, I think. Oh, dear. Probably would have been the best, best decision for he could have yeah, made there. Got to that I think already. If it, probably a few more tights as well, mate. I think that would have been even better, wouldn't it? Yeah. Oh, you two can talk about your questionable outfits all day long, mate. Look, I do, I do it as banter. I do it as banter, but I think Alfie, <laughs> I think Alfie thinks it's acceptable. Um, I'm actually what you call a trendsetter, you see, and I'm doing it to pave the way for the younger generation who are going to be coming through and hopefully have some form of fashion sense because it is acceptable because when you sort of work it in and do it the way I do it it looks absolutely phenomenal and that's that's the key whereas when you're doing it George I think it does it looks like you get dressed in the dark sometimes <laughs> if I'm gonna be but but no I, I enjoy it I enjoy it it's Alfie, it's what? one of them go on sorry I've got I need no, to keep I, want, I wanted a breakdown of the outfit you wore the other day like yeah I, I listen I listen what was it yeah I, I listened to that one yeah. So, wait, which one are we talking about here? Which one? The half uh, tights, split shorts, horrid socks. Oh, yeah, that was mild. That was mild because, so I, I, I pulled out, I thought, I wanted to wear the split shorts and half tights, but I didn't want to push the boat up too much in one go. So I had, oh, the podcast one as well. I'll do that one as well. So the, the one on the other day was obviously the Nike Victory 5 XC spikes. I can't remember which one they are. And then I had the camo Nike Spark Elite socks on, compression, uh, like knee length. So it was like camo, but like red and green camo. Um, but then I was all I was in all black after that. So I had arm warmers under t-shirt, under on top of a vest. No, under a vest, sorry. And then I had black New Balance and the New Balance t-shirt, and then Nike Pro split uh, half tights. But there's a lot going on there, Alfie. There's yeah. just far too much going on there. But hear me out for this one next, what I've got coming. So, the red, um, what are the prototypes called, George? The, the red ones with the, like, the, the, like the stripy ones, the, the new elite ones. Which ones? The, the, like, the ones that Kipchoge wears, he wears them in black, but like, there's a, like a red one. It's like Aero Swift half tights or something, I don't know. Uh, oh, yeah, something like, with the, like the, the, rib, the ridges sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm so, not sure what that's called. Yeah, Aerosmith maybe. Yeah, so, I'm gonna wear them underneath a luminous green split shorts with with um, my socks on what I wore the other day, and then a mango next percent and a pink next percent. You know what it is, Alfie? I I'm sponsored by Hoka, right? And I will still not wear that range of colours. 
Like I, and and that is saying something. That is really saying something. There's advantage I have over both of you. I can mix and match, so I can get I can get some, I can get some Nike Nike socks on. But then if I want to wear something a bit different, you know, I'm talking like one one foot I wear a Sacconi shoe and the other foot I wear an Adidas shoe. I can do that as well. So I have the advantage well, here. And at least you've led us down the line of the sort of brands and company side of things. So obviously you're with Nike, George, have been for a decent amount of time. Uh, so I guess talking about um, sort of steps to take to get there, um, how, how it's been with Nike and, and also your training setup in Brighton. Um, so I guess it all sort of interlinks to a certain degree. Yeah, so I've, I've been with Nike for probably about five years now. Wow. Well, uh, four or five years, yeah. So I was getting, I got a couple of kit drops off them after Commonwealth Youth Games back when I was uh, 16. Yeah. So I got my first first little one then. And then after Euros, um, the year after I signed with them. Yeah. Which was which was cool. Like That's always like a pretty cool thing to get your first proper deal with a, with a big brand like that. And then kind of after that, my career kind of just stopped for a couple of years, didn't got injured, a couple of bad injuries, took, took a two-year sabbatical, as they say. Sorry, my brother was just trying to FaceTime me. Ah, it's all good, man. It's all good. Um, yeah, in, in, that, in that two years, that must, that must have been tough, that two years, uh, sort of building back up. What, what, what was going on in, in, that, in that sort of sabbatical? Well, I basically got... Two stress fractures and a torn hamstring within the space of a year. Shit. So uh, it was, yeah, it was a. Looking back, obviously, it was it was tough, man. Like at the end of like, you you guys know, like all you want to do is just train well, race well, and do what you enjoy. But it taught me a lot of things, like learning about my body and like how to manage manage certain things, and it like learning how to come back and all that sort of thing. So the last couple of years have just been learning about getting back into racing again and getting just solid, solid training under my belt. I think um, when you did have that sort of two years where it was like, you know, out of the, out of the sport, you did have the privilege of actually doing probably what's arguably the most, a cheat, like most uh, amazing thing you can do within the sport. And that is actually be in a relay team with me. Um, I don't know if you remember this, but the leads... Uh Cross country yeah, relays. Yeah. Me, that, you, that, was it me, you, me, you, and Ethan. Yeah, me, you, and Ethan Hussey. Absolute yeah. dream team of. I don't know where we came actually. I think we did quite well, but yeah, it's, we'll it's just, great that we'll, you. We'll just say we probably won there. I think. With a, we'll just we'll, I probably. We'll, have a, we'll would, have a guess. Would you say that's the pinnacle of your career? I think that I think that set me up, mate, for everything that I've done. I think that yeah. was just the. Just a big milestone, running around that field out the back of, out the back of the bucket. I'm really, uh, really taking it to some some good athletes with you two guys. Yeah, yeah, I I agree on that. I think Ethan Hussey actually ran quicker than both of us on that day, so we can not, we can I'm move not, on. I'm not, I'm not having that. He's, he's no. a lot younger. Harrowing, harrowing. Uh, maybe, maybe you, but I'm I'm not accepting that. <laughs> I'm, pre I'm pretty sure he did. I'm pretty sure we ran like pretty much the uh, the exact same time, like, and he was the quickest. Um, 
I'm not sure the truth behind that, but I think we all ran within like 10 seconds and he actually ran the quickest. So, but yeah, we can move on from that because like you said, I'm not having, uh, what was he like yeah, 14, we'll 13 at the time? From that one then. <laughs> I'll be giving Ethan the bragging rights. And uh, going back to Yorkshire, started off Harrogate with the fame of Jacques Maurice. Bingo Jacques Maurice. Um, with Joanne. Uh, and then, that transition from Joanne to Brighton, how, how did that sort of come about? What? So, I just, obviously, I had a obviously big thanks to Joe as my first coach. Had some unreal successes under her, like winning, winning Euros, when, running some good times, and just genuinely progressing like well in my career. Yeah. But then I got so it was my last year of school, and I got that my first stress fracture in April. So I was kind of. At that point, anyway, I was looking at like moving to university anyway, like going somewhere different. Wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. And I, I kind of just was looking at a few options, spoke to a few people and decided to, that I wanted to work with John and the group that, that he had down here. Cause were, at that time there was a lot of, a lot of stuff progressing down here. Like it was, there was about four of us that joined that summer. Really, I think it was like me, Kyle and, Elliot, I think, yeah, so three of us joined all at the same time. So it was kind of just a really interesting project that I wanted to kind of get involved in and almost didn't want to miss the boat with it as such because I didn't feel it felt like if if I didn't join at that time, then someone else might have been taken in and you kind of wouldn't have been able to to get involved in it later on. So it was, it was kind of kind of like that and then obviously came down here, started the transition of getting back into training got injured within two months again, which I think was kind of just a build-up of the previous injury and then not being strong enough, whatever. So my first year, 18 months with John was really weird because we were just constantly rehabbing, trying to trying to get consistency. And it was a bit of a, a bit of a struggle, but we're in a we're in a good place now. Yeah, that's a tough thing. Like when you when you're training at the sort of limit niggles and like little things left right and center always even just like a small niggle like say your left calf suddenly something on your right side goes that whole compensatory thing and it's like then you miss a few days from a week a couple of days it's just it's that's one of the most like, annoying things about running trying to find like decent consistency I think as well I was obviously being a young athlete like I was 17 18 I think when I joined so in you really have no idea how your body works, what your body needs sort of thing. Like looking back, you're just so naive. You don't have much understanding of like how, how training works, whatever, even if like I thought I did, but looking back now, it's like, mate, you had no idea what you were doing almost. So yeah, it's kind of one of them. It's been a, been a good learning experience and looking back, it's had benefits, but obviously if, if you could avoid it, definitely, definitely try yeah, definitely. And do you reckon that's why you spend like quite a bit of time in the gym? Is it just sort of like building those things up so that you don't uh, sort of fall to any kind of injuries? Yeah, so I, I love I love being in the gym. It's it's good fun. Like it's a nice little change. Like lifting lifting a few weights. It's kind of like that macho thing that goes on, isn't it? Like a bit different, to, a bit different to slogging out the miles. <laughs> yeah, you feel like a bit of a bit of a gym lad for a couple of couple of afternoons a week. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, it's, it's impressive. I have not stepped foot, haven't started a gym routine yet. Uh, 
with I was supposed to start like three weeks ago or something, but just with the whole COVID situation, haven't started yet. I'm in fear of the gym. I'm gonna be like, I think I'm at like 65 kg now. Um, I'm just doing like 70 miles a week ish with no gym work. I'm the DOMs are gonna be painful at the start. Yeah, that's the thing. You just gotta progress it slowly, though, don't you? Just start doing. Yeah. It. It's more for just like making sure everything's balanced, everything's it's like strong enough to deal with the the load of running. So obviously, running's the most important thing that we do. Yeah, definitely. Do you do much gym, Alfie? So I'm sort of in the same boat as you. I used to do it like two years ago, and then it sort of whittled yeah. down a bit. And now I'm in the boat where I've got a session in four days' time. I don't have DOMS for that session, so I can't do gym. That's literally where I'm at, because I know the DOMS would literally last ages. So right. I'm trying to I'm trying to get it in. It's just the day, which day I'd do it on to start with, like put my foot in the door, because I feel like it's definitely something where you've got to get used to. Because it, 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 yeah. when you first start, it really, really gives you a lot of DOMS. So I don't know. I'm looking to try and get into it maybe on a Saturday. Um that gives me a few days before the next session, but I don't know. I might need some yeah. expert advice off uh, George. Off George. Can't be giving away the secrets, mate. True, true. No, and, uh, I think a gym's kind of, it's one of those things, like, it's like anything, isn't it? If you, if you all of a sudden jump into a, a running session that you've never done before, then you're going to be, going to be in a bad way after it, aren't you? Like, so it's kind of one of those things you just need to, slowly progress and just make sure you're doing the right things and get good good advice off people who know what they're doing yeah yeah if you're going to give yourself like a your own gym session you'd probably do it do it wrong well i I definitely would have done yeah yeah definitely and uh speaking on the sort of obviously you you guys have that that sort of the nike tempo um instagram stories popping off another thing that we've been doing with like some of the elite athletes, a little bit of like a shoe corner situation, talking through what shoes you use like through the week, your favorite shoes, obviously it's going to be all Nike. Um, But yeah, sort of what, what your favorite shoes are at the minute, what you're using, what you're looking forward to, if there's anything you're looking forward to at the minute. So I'll start off with like mileage and just easy mileage shoes. I wear the Infinity Reacts. Yeah, I think I'm like I think I'm like the only one in the group who wears them. Like the only mm-hmm. one who's tried them. And personally, like I think they're an awesome shoe. Yeah, like, I've been wearing them since May and not had like any issues at all. They're like surprisingly like really really stable and supportive. And yeah, I think they've got a bit of a bad rep from runners as such. But I definitely recommend giving them a try. Yeah, yeah. I feel like um, the React sort of it it it's had that sort of reputation as not being a running shoe and then suddenly it became a running shoe and people didn't know how to feel about it. But I've heard a lot of good things people talking about. Um, so I'd, I'd, definitely, I'd definitely try them out. Like, I love the, the Tempo Next Percent Unreal shoe. Yeah. The, the best shoe I've ever worn in terms of training. And again, it's got a very bad rep, hasn't it? A lot of people say it's terrible. I don't quite understand how they've come to that conclusion. So what 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 do you what do you use it for? Because I'll use it for like tempos, threshold sort of thing. Like I I use it from so, so from threshold tempo stuff. Maybe not tempo. So probably threshold down to literally VO two max. Even 
I could I could I could run a VO two max session in them. Like yeah. it's it's just they're a pretty, great pretty versatile, aren't they? Yeah. The Ingebrigtsons did a long runs in them, which I could I could do a long run in them. Yeah. I, I can't see why not as well. Like the supportive yeah. they've got the you know it's just a weird it's a weird concept of a shoe though, with the bubble and the, the bottom. It's just it is a weird shoe and it's a bit outlandish, isn't it? So maybe that's why people are sort of a bit skeptical about them. Because it's not your typical sort of shoe you see day to day, is it? No, but they look they look good. Good for well, Instagram yeah. aren't they? They look good with your socks. Yeah, well, maybe not my socks, but they look good with normal socks, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah so, then, um, oh, go on. No, no, sorry, I was just saying, yeah, and then sort of so that they favourite shoes are the easies and then if you, what have you been using the tempo next sense for? Just like sort of I'll do I'll do like tempos in um uh like longer threshold whatever sort of things. I've maybe some slower work, like slower reps on the track, maybe like K's or something like that, but I usually prefer to go into the you know, the streak L T splat. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, I I prefer to get a pair of like a, a few spikes on like just just for more grip on the tracks. Obviously, this time of year it's like a bit wet, a bit slippy, and it's just annoying more than anything else for that. So that's what that's the shoe that I'm using at the moment when we're on the when we're on the track or that sort of thing. I might need to get a spot. Yeah, mate, the game changer. Just wait until Hoka. Till I whack a pair like a spike oh. plate on a pair of Clifton's on store or something. Be beautiful for the winter. Um, but yeah, I remember when I sort of before Hogan Streak LT was my favourite shoe. Like I never tried the uh, the splats, but like Streak LT for track sessions. I think it was like LT fours um, in that sort of like cream black and like pink colorway. It was a nice shoe. I think I wore it for like World School Cross. Because um, we like it was actually a road race, pretty much. But yeah, great shoe. Yeah, and also a peg. Love a peg turbo as well. They're good. They're they're similar to the. I said the tempo next percent's probably in my in what I do is probably taken over what they do as such because I yeah. use them as like a a tempo shoe, a threshold shoe, kind of like a long run shoe sort of thing. Like you could use them for everything, but. Yeah, I kind of just I try to try to keep a fairly decent rotation going on, just try and change it up as such what, and not get too reliant on one one thing. What are your opinions on the Vermeero fourteens? Um So I've never been a massive fan of Vermeros anyway. Yeah. I used to run in the I used to wear the old ones more just for just for comfort and in the gym, because they're like probably the com like the old the twelves and thirteens are probably the comfiest shoe I've ever worn. But the the 14s, I've I've tried a couple of runs with them, and they're just they're just not for me. Like how I run them, I know a couple of people who wear them, but yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not a massive fan of those. I'd rather wear a Reacts or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I have to agree. I only use the 14s for like if it's like a double day and it's like hills or something. Joe, just like I don't know, I I I, do, I can't I like you said with gym as well. I can't really get on well with them. They feel a bit stiff compared to the 12s and 13s. But anyway. Moving away from just talk about Nike shoes, Rory, because I know you won't like that because you're a... Hey, I used to love them uh, when when I ran in them, but yeah, uh, times change. But uh, yeah, so covered your shoes, spikes, talking about... Um, were you wearing the Air Victories most of this year? 
So I prefer the dragonflies. Right. Yeah, just I'm not not sure why. I think I think for me they're just a more a more comfortable shoe and I'm just able to use them a bit better than the than the victories. Yeah. So they're probably they're they're the shoe I'll, I'll race in for probably eights, fifteens, everything. Fair enough. Yeah. I, I don't know if you try them, but they're they're they're, they're good. They're quick. Yeah. Won't be long until I guess everyone's got their sort of um, their sort of shoe. That's I mean, technology is going to go forward regardless of anything else, isn't it? So it's gonna it, you're just gonna you're gonna get more and more spikes that are, are kind of similar to it, um, and that you know hopefully make a difference the way that they have. Um, and yeah, I guess obviously with COVID, a bit weird at the minute. Uh, can't really plan any races as such unless you kind of. Well, to be fair, I guess you can because. Uh, you'll have that sort of elite access to uh, indoor races when it all starts to kick off and whatnot. Uh, is there anything currently like planned in the books? So not really in terms of indoors yet, but I'm just, just hoping for indoors that it goes ahead. Yeah. So for indoors, I'll probably get a, couple, get a couple of races in, couple of eights, couple of fifteens, then go do the champs, whatever, just to get get a bit more experience there. And then, then just see where it goes from there. If there's if there's Europeans, if there's world indoors, then we'll see what see what happens with that. See what the selections like for that. So, I think it's kind of just keeping your options open and just be prepared for whatever whatever's thrown at us. Because at the end of the day, like you don't don't know what's going to go ahead. It was like like the summer, wasn't it? You just needed to be needed to be ready to go when everything got the got the go ahead. Yeah, and everything literally just got the go ahead like out of the blue. It was sort of you're going to need to be. You don't know when the races are going to start, but when they do, you've got like a week to get ready for it sort of thing. Um, I was kind of unlucky this year because I was injured. Uh, so I was just getting like back up and sorted for a track season. I've only now got back into like really, really good shape sort of thing. Uh, so I only did like two track races and they were subpar badly kind of thing. Like they just, it just wasn't, wasn't a great stint, but uh but yeah, fingers crossed that you can actually, you can get an indoor season. I mean, I'm praying for road races to pop up, like, pop up like left, right and centre before I lose being an under 20. Because it's going to be a gutting if I can't like finish off my third year of under 20. It'd be a, be a poor do if that's the case. If you could change one thing about the sport, what would it be? Or a few things about the sport, to be fair, because it's a tough thing to like say change one thing. So I feel like athletics is quite a few things. Um, what would I change? So I probably, oh man, that's a tough question. What would you change? Because I think, I think, I think athletics does it gets gets a lot of negative publicity as such, saying that they're doing doing this wrong, doing that wrong, but it is difficult at the top end of the sport to completely change, change yeah. and do something completely different. So I'd, I'd probably just say maybe, maybe make the pathways clearer for how yeah. to get to the, get to the highest level, like make it, make it a clear and for younger people, for younger athletes, up and coming athletes and at whatever stage you're at in the sport, make it clear, like how you can get, from like your local BMC to your next BMC to your European meet to your Diamond League, like it would be good if there was like a a clearer pathway of how you make that and a greater understanding. Because to be honest, I don't 
really know about that sort of thing. Like this year's the first time I've really done any European races as such. So it's kind of it's kind of a le- you're kind of learning on the job as such. So I think that will be a that will be an interesting feature to see like how you can progress through as such. Yeah, it that's very true. Until I sort of got to like a decent level, you don't really see or understand like how you get from one level to another. It's sort of as soon as you kind of get up there, then you start getting access or you start seeing how people get to how different ways. But it's not obvious at all because I think for a lot of it, sometimes it's uh, to a certain degree like who you know. But the good thing about athletics is it's pretty black and white. If you run fast, you get rewarded. If yeah, But it's sort of like, well, you go from an English school, how do you then get into like a British champs? How do you get a GB vest? All that sort of stuff. Because sometimes like the... the uh, I mean, not all the time, but GB's um, times for like Euro Juniors, Euro Youth are normally quite harsh. Uh, can put a lot of people off. Like I know for our Euro Youth, it wasn't too bad. You were getting like two or three people underneath, but like the Euro, no, Euro Youth, Euro Juniors was like tough. Um, looking at the time sort of thing. I think 1500, we had like two guys. I think it might have been 343. That actually could have been a bit slow. It might have been three forty six, but yeah, you've got. I think you've got to make it fairly, fairly difficult, don't you? Just for because at the end of the day, it's an opportunity to represent your country, and you need to be of a of a certain standard. You don't want to be giving away those for free. Oh, I know what I get rid of. Bibs, bibs, pins, right. numbers, mate. Oh, they drive me mental. Yeah, I want. Think- I, I just I can't. We just print a name on. Print, yeah. name. Print your name on with your sponsored best, whoever your best is. You've got your name on that. They know who you are then. You, they can give you a, a leg number or whatever. I don't know what the reason for them is either. You think we've put carbon plate in shoes. We can get rid of pins. Yeah. Like, we've, the sport's come a long way in, in like, the past well, 10 one, years. Triathlon does it, don't they? They have, they have their names on, printed on. Yeah. And then they've just got like a little, like one of those little tattoo things. But I'm sure that Oregon, like track club, had the sort of stick on ones and they looked, they looked sick. Like they looked really cool. And you're thinking, we're running around with like a parachute on the front and the back of us that's just getting slapped about by the wind and you can't get it on tight. If you're doing a, I reckon if you're doing an eight, that's probably one and a half seconds off right there. If you're you're doing a print, isn't it? At least. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%. You've got to have that conversion. You've got to have that conversion. Uh, so, yeah, I'd definitely I'd get rid of pins, 100%. And then I'd probably get rid of... I don't know what else I'd get rid of, to be fair. Um, but definitely need more elimination miles. We say it on like, every single podcast. That would be... You, you Surely you'd back yourself in a, in a domestic yeah, I would, elimination I would, I would mile. Involved in something like that. It's just different and fun, isn't it? Like, it's like when you're going back to a, being a, a, a kid and whatever, and you're doing the the two k cross country relays. Yeah, it's just some something different that's fun. If there, if there was an elimination mile, I'd get involved. Yeah, indoors, indoors, outdoors, I'd put my name down. I think it's just something different. It would be good good for the sport, something like that. Yeah, we might we might have to try and get that tracks to sponsored race organised and sorted. Imagine the field, unbelievable. But, uh, you could make it work easily by just doing it at the end of the year. Yeah. Once, once the champs are out of the way, once the times like that people want to run are out of the way, sort of thing. Like, 
oh, it's kind of fun, fun race at the end of the year. Like you say, that's the thing. That's what well, I think. That's why a lot of people discourage from it. Huh? Uh, the, the road you could do it similar to the road races, isn't it? It's kind of that sort of that sort of thing, isn't it? With the what is it? Is it the Great North Run one where they do like the mile, the, the five hundred? Yeah, yeah. That's a quality race. To be fair, I saw Fitzgibbon there last year, year before maybe. That that was a, I was hopefully going to try and get in amongst that this year. I think that would have been that would have been a quality little race. I would have literally only got in on the merit that I'm from the northeast. Like that would have been the only thing getting me into that race but it would have been that would have been funny I think we need more like road miles and stuff like that would you would you sort of would you enjoy road miles yeah man, I just I just enjoy racing whatever whatever it is like it's just competitions where it's what we all do all the training for to have a competition and have different sorts of races but yeah I think, think road elimination miles stuff like that I think think it would be good fun obviously there's a time and a place for it because in the main part of the season people have got to be going and running times trying to qualify for teams and doing what's right for your program but I don't see I don't see why not at all I think maybe you know classically you have the cross the cross season now as yeah. such why not do why not do those 3k mile road races now because I think there's a lot of like I took so I used to run cross, but mate, I'm not. I don't want to. I'm not doing it anymore. Like terrible sport, I'm, anyway, mate. I don't. I don't. It's just no matter how you're feeling, it's just tough, isn't it? Like on a good day, you're just slogging it out. Like I'd rather. But if there was road races, such like a mile road race, or you could even make make up a random team. So like yeah. me, Elliot, Kyle, Spencer, we're all from well different clubs as such, but. Imagine you could do like a four by two k or something on the road. Yeah, as a bit of fun. Like, I think something like that would be would be awesome. Obviously, things are a bit different with COVID, but I think a lot of people would get involved in that. Where you could like, almost, yeah, but it'd be like five aside, wasn't it? You can just put in your own random teams, or whatever, and just have a bit of fun with it. That's the other thing. It's like pro teams in the in the UK. It would be cool because obviously we've got you know feet and. Um, guys at Phoenix, you know, you lot, and then there's there's New Balance Manchester to like a certain degree. But then apart from that, really, there aren't any other like pro setups that you're looking at and you're thinking, is any similar to what, what the US have? Because the US have obviously got Bowman, they've got loads of different stuff, Nazali, um, which in the UK, it's sort of just absolutely nothing really going on uh, to the same degree. And I think you have so many more athletes staying here if you sort of, you saw that there was an easy route into that kind of that kind of stuff after uni, or or just when you get to that standard that someone's actually going to back you. Yeah, that's probably what I was mentioning. That that could probably go into what I said before as well, couldn't it? With like the pathways into into different things. So like obviously in the US they have like okay, you have your high school coach, you have your college coach, and then you have your pro team sort of thing. Like you can clearly clearly see what's going on. But here you kind of you kind of have to work out a little bit yourself, which is a good thing because then you come become responsible for what you're doing and it can have its benefits as such but yeah I think that would be that would definitely be beneficial yeah and did the US ever cross your mind when you were looking at unis or were you pretty pretty yeah, tight I really really thought about it for a long time just because I thought it would be a cool life experience more than anything yeah I know you almost went out there didn't you 
Yeah, yeah. So I'd, I'd signed to Arkansas. I was all set to go, book my flight and whatever. Uh, then there was a couple of problems in January. Uh, so I ended up not going. I was supposed to go in August. And then it was, I, I don't know what your thought process was, but for me, it's kind of, it's not the same for everyone, but you kind of, some people do disappear when they get out there. Um, I think a really big thing is being in the UK is kind of making a name for yourself here and having a presence. And then you can go out there after, but sort of actually make a name for yourself before you go. But then also, like I say, good life experience, all that sort of stuff. But I was kind of like, well, I'm, I'm here to sort of get the work done and and sort of the life experience is great and all and all that sort of stuff. But at the end of the day, like, what am I completely in it for? And I'm in it to like make teams, get the work done and uh, sort of run well. And that was the focus. And being in Loughborough, you haven't got any distractions because, I mean, you live in Loughborough. It, there's not a lot going on, really. You've got a group of 20 lads who are quality to train with. Whether you're feeling shit on one day, whether you're feeling good, you're always going to have someone like dragging you around or even just people to like warm up with. Um, so for me, like it made sense staying in the UK because I want that presence, want to sort of make a name for myself here. Yeah, no, I'd agree with you. It usually goes one of two ways, doesn't it? In the US, you either disappear or you come out a superstar. Yeah. As such. But for me also, I think, I don't, I think moving at 17, 18 to a completely different country is a, is a big thing you've got to be mature as well to do that and yeah. at that age you're, you're probably not ready I know a lot of a lot of people do it like they do their undergrad in the UK and then go yeah. out and do the masters which I think is a a really clever and good way to do it I think yeah I think definitely if someone ask me I'd probably suggest that it, it makes sense doesn't it yeah like the best of both worlds I think it'd be sick if like I mean, I haven't really spoken to Josh Lay about it that much. We have done a little bit. Um, like, if he was to go out and just go out, win NCAAs, and then dip, and then just, like, leave it, or just come, like, high up. It's like, you, you've you've made a name for yourself on, like, a platform, a completely different platform, a different country, and it, it would be a decent, to a certain degree, like, marketing opportunity. Because in running, really, like, how much of an opportunity do you get to market yourself? Apart from on social media, not a lot not a lot at all and it's like if you just got to try and get what you can out of it uh it's not like the sport needs to become commercial or anything if you're going to make a living you've got to be you kind of you've got to be out there you've got to be doing stuff um because obviously there's certain brand deals that you can get but you just it's difficult to get that exposure i mean you get you get five minutes on tv when you're racing and then whoever wins gets a two-minute interview on tv and then that's that's what's that sort of thing once, once or twice a year max, really, isn't it? That yeah, so. frightening. I think Nick Willis said about that in like a tweet saying that he wanted the 1500 not to be on like the last night because on the last night it sort of happens and then it's done, uh, and you can't get that sort of like the, even the replays on TV, any of that sort of stuff. So, yeah, yeah, it's in, it's in, it's interesting, but I think, I think with the US as well, I think you obviously have to. It's like anything, you need to have conversations with different people, different coaches, different teams. And the same same thing in the UK, you need to speak to people and think about your options, don't you? And make sure that yeah, definitely. he's the one that's best for you because at the end of the day, like everyone's different. What What's best for me might be completely wrong for both of you. Yeah, yeah, it would be because if I hopped into any of your track sessions, my hamstring would snap in half 
or something would snap in half. Probably my groin, get that knee lift slightly more up and something's going something's gonna to go. Wouldn't be pretty. So, but, something uh, talking about, um, like you just said, what works best for you. I've heard a little rumour, and I don't know how true this is, and if it's not true, this is definitely going to get edited out. Aren't you notorious for slapping yourself really hard before races? Or is yeah, that just what someone's told me? So yeah, when we, I was, I was going to mention this. So when we were, um, when you were talking about that nutty guy in the call room at Euro Youth, I think that was me, mate. In right. my yeah, I think I was, I was that guy, like, giving myself a good old slap, slapping my thighs. But yeah, I, I was, I've probably toned it down a little bit, but I do like to give myself a bit of a, a slap and a wake up. Just to get, just to get, just to get focused. Sometimes, sometimes I do. Oh, you gotta hype yourself up before a race. You've gotta hype yourself. Yeah, up. but I think I've I've done it with like yeah. So it's yeah, so, something I've done. Some something that probably will stay there for a bit. But we'll it's kind of seeing how I'm feeling. If I need feel like I need a bit of a slap, then I'll then I'll do it. But yeah, I think you need to you need to be in that zone when you're racing, don't you? And be be proper up for it because at the end of the day, you've got to give everything you've got once you get out there. Yeah, yeah, I've tried yeah, it before. Yeah, not yeah. fun. Uh, I think it was Alex Bottrell or Markham, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Someone who went to the European Youths told me because apparently at the European Youths you pretty much gave yourself like a dead, dead yeah, level no, black that eye. Was, that would have been Markham, man, because we were we were in the same final and the same race, mate. To be honest, I was just. I think I was probably a little bit carried away with it there, but it worked. It worked out. I've toned it toned it down a little bit in recent years, but. It occasionally comes out when it's needed. Yeah, you got you got to do it. You got to hype yourself up. You got to get in the zone in it. Like the other thing is that you can't, a lot of the time you're racing against your mates or people that you know like relatively well and stuff like that. It just takes you out of that. You forget who's around. You forget who's who. Because I've got to races with like really close mates. It kind of feels weird. Like I'm out here now. I'm going to try and beat you. Whatever it's going to cost me. And then afterwards, like your pals again but as soon as you get on that line you've got to like you got to forget who you're racing you got to completely forget their personality it's like that person's trying to beat me I'm trying to beat them in it so and, and that's the way it's got to be yeah I think that keeps it keeps it honest so that's what it's like in our training group anyway like we're all yeah. we're all here to help each other train harder and push but at the end of the day we're all going for a similar goal whatever as such so it's just, it's a, I think it's a respect thing as well, isn't it? Like you've got, if you're racing your friends, you're like, okay, yeah, I've worked as hard as I can. If you've worked as hard as you can, if, if one of us, whoever comes out on top, like there's no, no hard feelings, is there? Yeah, that's the sport and it. Like you kind of, you have to take it whichever way, whichever way it goes. Um, I guess talking about after uni, uh, are you thinking about basing yourself still there or would you consider sort of like moving elsewhere? And are you thinking full-time athlete, part-time job? Yeah, or like so I, I graduated in June. So oh, actually, yeah. Yeah, so I'm fortunate enough to be, I've pretty much gone full-time this year. Nice. So, yeah, I thought with the Olympics being delayed a year and a lot of stuff going on, I was like, okay, we'll just we'll give it, give it a year see what's going on and then reassess at the end of next year. I think think it's a sensible a sensible decision just to throw throw everything at it and see where it yeah. takes me. Yeah, I mean, definitely, man. I mean, if, if, all, if, if all, all the work stuff. after after like the last five, six, seven years to try and however long you've been in the sport. So I think you've got to, you've got to give yourself a bit of an opportunity at one point to really go for it. Yeah. 
got to go all in. It sounds like you've got a perfect situation where you are now as well with that, uh, especially getting strong and stuff for uh, for the winter and then for next summer. It's kind of, I mean, in, in your case, would you say it was kind of ideal that the Olympics getting delayed a year? Oh, without question, yeah. Yeah. I, th I think anyone who was probably under the age of 25 was probably fit thinks or twenty any anyone to be honest is just thinking yeah it's another year to get better isn't it? Yeah. Like you never you never know what can happen in a year's time, how much you can progress. Like you've seen people make big jumps in a year. You like if you get a year of good training under your belt then who knows what who knows what can happen with anyone. Yeah. Yeah true. It's good that you're gonna be in a in a consistent setup. You know what's going on for the year. It's not like you're in a new place trying to adjust to it. You know you know the system, you know what's going on kind of thing. Uh and yeah, so obviously Olympics, big, big aim for next year. So time wise, probably looking at what dropping down to hopefully somewhere around three thirty four, three thirty five. I don't not I'm not too too bothered about times as such because I think yeah. I think just run run the qualifying time. And then this kind yeah. of the box ticked, isn't it? Like, and then see what happens. I think I still think making the Olympic ticket, mate, is a huge long shot for me. Like, I'll be 22. There's British 1500 meter running, 800 meter running's been better. Is almost the best it has been for almost probably 30, 40 years. Yeah. Saying that, so like, saying that though, if you run the qualifying standards, you won the British champs this year against. Like Neil Gawley, who made the World Champs final, who won the British Champs the year before. So yeah, it's especially with the British Champs, anything can happen in that sort of in the qualifying. It really can. Like you've just got yeah, to run the right it, race. It, and that's what that's what keeps you keeps you motivated and like makes you want it because you know that anything can happen on the day. At the end of the day, anyone can anyone can win a one-off race, especially when it's a championships race or such. But you think of the like the top guys, the, the great guys that weren't there, like Jake, who's run three twenty nine, Josh, who's run three thirty two, has he run three thirty three? Three thirty one. Bryce, Bryce, he Bryce he wasn't there. Like there's there's a lot of a lot more people to be thrown in the mix, and yeah, you never know. You just got. I'll just try and prepare myself best as possible, and then see what happens on the day. Yeah. Fair enough. Keeping yourself busy in lockdown. Do you play like PS4 or anything like that? What, what's been getting What's been getting you free when you're not trading, sort of thing? So obviously you're not you're not you haven't got um, any uni work to do at the minute. So what what's been what's been ticking you over? Yeah, so I've been doing I've been doing bits and a couple of bits with like uni as such, like writing, reading a few papers, and like turning it into like newsletters as such, whatever. Doing a few bits like that. It's just like work experience stuff sort of thing, like working out, that sort of thing, just to just to kill a bit of time more than anything. But yeah. to be honest, I've been been training quite a lot, like just yeah. two, three times a day sometimes, just because there's nothing else to do, is there? Like you you find find a little bit of stuff like that. Luckily there was quite a bit of football on last week, whatever. So Yeah, true. Was, yeah. Got got into it, got in, really got into The Last Kingdom on Netflix. Ooh, haven't seen it. Sounds good though. I've heard I've heard good things about yeah, it. Yeah, so I've, I've I've really got um got got stuck into that, which has it's got me hooked. And then occasionally yeah, I'll play play a bit of play a bit of FIFA as such, but I'm not not one of those guys who'll sit on on it for like four or five hours a day, or maybe have a couple of games a day, or whatever. And 
No, I, well, you know Sama Mez, like. Yeah, yeah. Name rings well, yeah. It'll, it'll be sat in that other room now, bashing career mode on FIFA. You come in, he's sat cross-legged, staring up at the screen like Asama. Go, go and get out for a run, son. Stop playing <laughs> FIFA. Go to the gym. Go to the track. Just stop playing FIFA. But he's, uh, I mean, he's shit at FIFA, actually. So it's a bit of a waste of time for the boy. But, uh, but now, in fairness, he gets the training done. But then plays FIFA for the other 12 hours of the day. Um, Asama? You can say hello to George. George, how's it going, mate? I'm all right. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. I've heard I've heard you're shocking on FIFA. <laughs> mate, you, you are shit at FIFA. I'll play. I'm back here Monday. I'll play you. You're home. Yeah, I'm going out, man. This is all staying on the podcast, by the way. Uh-huh, cool. Introduce mine. yourself. Yeah. Hicham Al Hicham Al the famous <laughs> Moroccan. You're the only um, Moroccan to not cheat. Um, he's not Garouge, yeah, yeah. No, he is. <laughs> um, where are you? Brighton, mate. Are you going back home? Uh, probably at Christmas. Potentially. So, yeah, might yeah. see you then. Yeah. Sweet. Right. Yeah, I'll, I'll catch you later. See you, mate. Yeah, have, have fun. Bye. Back in all saying. Good lad. Um, speaking of North Yorkshire, family are moving there in... A week today, big Whereabouts? Ampleforth. Is that proper, proper North Yorkshire? Yeah, not not southern like you lot in Harrogate. Um, yeah. It's like Helmsley Way. Okay, yeah. It's yeah, where the Hutchinsons so... live, George. Okay, yeah, I know, yeah, yeah. Dangerous oh, place. Yeah, I, yes, I, I, I was, I do, it is, it's nice to be on a call with three northerners, because obviously down here I'm surrounded. As north as they get is Elliot, who's from Birmingham. Jesus. So I'm a bit of a bit of a lone wolf when it comes to northerners down here. That that's rare. I'm not sure. The thing is, I'm in the Midlands and I feel a bit far out of my comfort zone. Bit bit too far south to a certain degree. Good thing is there's quite a few northerners here. Obviously, I live in a house full of northerners. Apart from Jordan, Jordan is from Essex, but uh, like Angus McMillan, Yorkshire, Osama. Morocco slash Italy slash Italy. He's actually from Yorkshire. I mean, he claims to be Moroccan and Italian. Mate, he's been up, he's been in Leeds forever. Yeah, exactly. That's, I was I was trying to tell him that the other day, and he keeps he keeps claiming that literally everyone in football is Moroccan who plays for France. I'm like, well, what country do they play for? It's been a big argument in the house, but I mean, you hear when you when you hear a song, you're like, you're from Yorkshire, you're from Leeds. Come on, come on, like he's. He's, he's, yeah, he loves his Leeds vest, doesn't he, as well, so. Does, to be fair, does, to be fair. Infamous club in Yorkshire. Uh, one of their newest runners, Kip Chogi Sessman, Phil Sessman's dog, uh, who, who's mentioned on Instagram quite a lot, absolute baller of a dog. But, um, yeah, I've got completely sidetracked talking about Phil Sessman's dog. Um, but, yeah, so what, what we talking about before Asama came in, it was, it was your plans for next year and stuff and, like, Oh. How are you keeping yourself busy and, and all that sort of stuff? Yeah, so obviously, fortunately, I live on my I live on my own, so I just got so I, I'm I'm able to meet one other person, like legally allowed to train. So I've been meeting up with Elliot a bit to to get a couple of sessions in here and there, but been doing a lot of a lot of stuff by myself, whatever. But it's been 
it's been easy enough to be honest like just just ticking over we've kind of all been in this situation before haven't we where so we kind yeah. of just switch to the switch to lockdown mode as such and you kind of know how to know how to keep yourself busy or whatever so yeah it's, it's not too bad how about you guys doing doing all right uh, luckily obviously like i say live in a house of four people so it's it's pretty easy to be entertained uh and training wise it's sound you know meet up with one person from another household and get on your get on your runs and stuff so it's been it's been sound hopefully get a time trial done soon really it's just keeping a race in mind and keeping that motivation rolling which is why we said 22nd of november time trial but yeah i'm pretty lucky that i've got a house yeah at Jay Wigfield I'm gonna find a downhill route like you and stop and start my watch uh, it Joe. wasn't downhill it wasn't downhill. I, I, I know oh. Joe, Joe, look Joe is a quality athlete something big like that was coming all the time so it's fair play Joe Wigfield uh heart did get broken a little bit mid podcast when I saw that but can't win them all um then another thing you live in Brighton right you've got to take van advantage of the coffee scene in Brighton. I'm jealous. I live in Loughborough. The coffee scene is shit. In, <laughs> Luff- in, in Brighton, right? Decent. Very decent. Yeah, mate. It's, yeah, there's a lot of... It's probably the best... Other than London, you'd probably say, obviously, because that's such a big city, whatever, but there's so much diversity as such with, like, little independent coffee shops. You'd probably be your heaven, mate. You'd love it, but... It, it would be. Fitzgibbon's sent many a photo of it and I'm thinking I'm, I'm jealous I mean no, there's one he, place he, called... mate, he goes to the same place every single time yeah he needs to switch it up he's, he's a man of routine he likes he likes to go <laughs> to the same spot every time if he's I'm trying I'm trying to open his eyes a little bit taking him getting him to go to a few different spots but yeah he, he likes he likes staying in his comfort zone with coffee shops and, and yeah push him out of his comfort zone man I bet he gets like a cappuccino or something doesn't he there's something I think he gets a mocha quite a lot oh, does he? Mocha. come on come on that, Robbie. Prob- that probably that probably sends you crazy don't it come on Robbie you, you got it's just not good enough it's just not good enough just not good but I mean he's a good lad so it, it, it's okay it's nice absolutely dropped me in his first race back at uh, I can't remember where that was oh Lee Valley horrible night yeah I, I saw you there actually didn't I yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, that was a good race for you boys. That was UV Giles, wasn't it? Yeah, we went, well, we, I said we went for it. I just tried to sit on him the whole way and come past him at the end. But he's a he's a he's a strong guy. You know, he's he's a good racer. So he, I keep I keep telling him, I'm like, mate, it'll, it'll come. I'll get you. I'll get you eventually. And then, yeah, there's a it, it keep it keeps trading on us. Good balance between us, so yeah, it's good, good fun. Yeah, of course, mate. And, and then you'll get that you'll get that race where you come round in once. Then suddenly the dynamics changed. Bit of a free for all every race. Then you never know what's going to happen. Uh, but you ran three forty that night, right? Yeah, yeah. That, that, that that wasn't a pretty night. No, I think we we yeah, it was wind, windy, well, windy and cold. Windy wasn't and it? cold, and like it was like six hours in the car from the northeast to get there i felt fat because it was like my first race back in and after like my injury and that and tony's just like you got to go out there and you're not going to run well like it's going to feel horrible but you just got to sometimes it's one of them where you got to get yourself out and uh and just show yourself even even when you feel dreadful and even when there's sort of 
nothing in the locker. Um, but yeah, Fitzgibbon, first race back, 818, big from the boy. Uh, fun to see what he does sort of next year as well. Because uh, obviously he had a bit of a bit of a sticky injury for a while. Oh, you, you, so you know, this will make this will make you laugh. You know the long run that we put on Instagram, the story the other week? Yeah. Like 5.30 for 12. But yeah. So Wait, which one? Five, we did, me and him did, well, kind of did 5.30 mile in for 12. 12 Jesus. miles. Mate, so we were, it was, a, I'm not, like, it was the first time I've met up, we met up for a long run. It was pre-lockdown, whatever, and we were, we were, chir- we were chirping each other a little bit, like exchanging a few WhatsApp messages. I dropped him one, a few going on the night before. I dropped him one. I was like, are you ready for this 12-mile threshold this morning? <laughs> and he's like, I'll be, be ready for a bit of pain. Just, just to call him out a little bit. He died, mate, at eight miles. Really? Yeah. So he, he, he blew up a little bit at 12 miles. So I've got, got that one over him. He won't, he won't be happy with me putting that well, out on it. You've heard it here first. George Mills has beaten Robbie Fitzgibbon over a 12-mile race. It's the most important run of the race of the year, isn't it? The long run. It was the race of the year. And it's true. And we've got a similar culture here. Wednesday, uh, Thursday night's tempo night. It's not a tempo, though, is it? It's a race. Pride is on the line. Uh, you've got, no one you can't, cares about tempo, tempo zone, do they? Oh, tempo. I mean, I did six miles at 4.57 the other week. You want to tell me that's tempo, really? Of course it's not. I get back, I'm, I'm in bed, and I'm thinking, I am in a hole. <laughs> like, I can't believe I've just done that in the middle of, like, a 75-mile week. Right, not pretty. Puts hairs on your chest, doesn't it? You? You've, got, you've got to test yourself occasionally. Yeah. Yeah, of course. And you got to, uh, like, when I first got here, I, I was probably sessioning too hard a little bit. I've... I've brought it back now because I had there was a few weeks where I do like three workouts way too hard for the fact that it was like a 70 mile week or whatever it was and I've sort of brought everything back to where it should be now kind of thing so it's but like you say it's learning about yourself and it and it's getting used to everything and uh just moving on from that I think Alfie you you had some some interesting questions to have to ask didn't you would you rather fight a horse-sized duck or ten duck-sized horses. Ten duck-sized horses, mate. Do you reckon? Yeah. So, all right. If you think about it realistically, do you think you could take on a horse? Well, if if that horse was in the form of a duck. No. Okay. Just the oh, size. That'd be worse. Ten ducks. So ten little. So if if ten little ducks were coming at you, you could. I can't. Okay. You could. You could give them. You could. You could kick them away. <laughs> that's in, that's true. In theory, anybody who listens to this who's into animal rights, I'd never ever do that. Uh, yeah, you never know. Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely ten, ten duck, uh, duck-sized horses. I think, I think that's it, probably a good shout. You've got a duck the size of a horse. You've got no chance, mate. It's just gonna like. Imagine seeing that. Imagine like being charged at by a duck-sized horse. That'd be mad. And it can fly. Shit. That's so true. I, I completely forgot about aviation. Aviation hadn't even crossed my mind. Even, take- if you try, even if you try to run away, it's taking off and just following you. And it's quacking, coming out. Nah, it couldn't be me. Imagine the size of it's like it's Bill as well. Nah. You've, you've, made, you've made a good call there, George. I'd have to, I'd have to agree with you. Um, 
Then the next one. So we're going to go domestic and then international. Domestic Royal Rumble, but just athletics. Okay. Who's winning? And that, that this can be across all disciplines. All disciplines. So I'm, shall we narrow it down to like 8.15? Yeah, you know, actually, eight fifteen and five. Eight fifteen and five. Oh, who's winning? What? So we're talking like WWE Royal Rumble style. Yeah. Oh, man. It's tricky. I'm going to chuck some names in there to start off with. Yeah. You're chucking in an Andy Vernon. Andy Vernon's in there. Okay. Yeah. So that that sort of these sort of names. Elliot, Elliot would back himself. Giles would be up there. <laughs> Who else? Uh, who else would be? Guy, Guy's a big bloke, isn't he? He's a strong Guy Leomond. Yeah, Guy yeah. Leomond would do all right. You see it, he's boxing, isn't he? Boxing on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, mate, he's proper Northern as well. I mean, he's from Berwick, I think. So, he, I mean, he's, I he's right on that border. Yeah, it's, it's proper Scotland, isn't it? Like, yeah. Yeah. Big time. I'd have to, I'd have no. to say, I, I reckon uh, Guy's got it, to be fair. Yeah. I think. Yeah, well, there's no point including any 5k runners because none of us no. are going to that was Andy Vernon nah Guy yeah. Learmont broke his hand by punching the track before Annie's a bit of a nutcase yeah has he? Yeah. that's mad alright so, so we've got we've got Guy Learmont re- okay I think that's fair enough Guy Learmont takes the win there um, I, I know I know Elliot well, I know Elliot Elliot's uh, he'd, he'd back himself a lot well, you know what? Maybe British Indo- I mean, I think that- moving on to the to a FIFA ranking system. So we're going to go through two. We're going to say football and then pace. So as in like like a running FIFA card. So football FIFA card. What are you giving yourself pace wise? Pace. Mm. So it's it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because obviously, pace in football is like over like thirty meters. Yeah, it's like it's that acceleration. None, none of us are that good over thirty meters. Yeah, yeah, so, it's not ideal. But I probably maybe maybe what would we go? What's generous? I maybe eighty-five. I think that's strong. That's strong. Well, that's the thing. It's like it's, it's not, I'm not. It's not like you're like a a ninety-six pace sort of guy. Like you're not tearing it apart, are you? Like you yeah, can, you can you can look after yourself pace-wise, but sort of like a Trent Alexander. Arnold sort of situation. It's like right wing back, absolutely pegging it up and down, going the whole match and keeping that 80, 85 pace. That's fair enough. And then we've got what about, what about you? What about you? I wouldn't. I wouldn't say much over. If we're talking the way that they grade FIFA, I reckon I wouldn't be much over like 70, 75. Really? Genuinely. Well, like a, like yeah. a 72, 73. Yeah, like a really, really like you'd you'd look at his card on FIFA. He'd be like a right mid. You'd see seventy two, and you'd think I don't want him in my team. I've, I've got no interest in you being there. You get to the side, you pick the geezer with like eighty five pace, eighty eight dribbling, maybe ninety two pace, eighty five dribbling. That sort of that sort of thing. So yeah, I, I'm not getting picked on FIFA. I think I, I think I'd have to give myself like a a fifty. If it's over like sixty meters. I could get beat by the average person. You just get at the pub over 60, to be honest. In fact, some, so Woodburn, where we train, is actually next to an AstroTurf. Like, people play five-a-side and have drinks. One day, there was these drunk people, like, not in good shape, came down to track, challenged us to a race, 60 metres. I got absolutely smoked. So, yeah, 60 metres. You've got to be hanging up the spikes after that, Alfie. You've got to be hanging up the spikes and leaving the sport. Yeah. Well, so if it's based off pace and acceleration, 50. To 60, I reckon. 
think that's, that's, that's not bad. And then moving on to dribbling. Oh, okay. Mm. Uh, Is this actually in football context as well? Are we actually going for what he'd be able to dribble a football at? Or are we sort of yeah, relating then, this to some form of running? No, no. The, the running adaptation comes next. Okay. But dribbling, I've not played football for a long time. I still, so it's quite funny. I always, whenever I'm watching football with my dad and brother, say it's like Championship League One, I'm like, I could do that. Yeah. But I look at it, they give it away all the time. Yeah, honestly, you stick. They, stick. they tell me I'm mental. Like, no, you couldn't. I was like, I'm, I'm definitely fitter than all of them. Yeah, exactly. And that's the, well, you get, if you get me up to like 75, 80 kg, and I keep this like aerobic ability, you stick me like right back, right wing back, I'm going all day long. Simple. Dribbling. I'll be probably, maybe, I'll take maybe like a, what's respectable, but like, maybe like 70, 75, maybe something like that. Nothing, nothing's like, you're not, you're not beating anyone with a, with a step over really, are you just getting the ball and passing it on? Yeah. You can run yeah, with it when no one's there. Yeah. Oh, that's fair enough and then I guess just move, moving into the straight up running become FIFA has its own running set up what are you, what are you giving yourself an ultimate team for like a, for like a running card on FIFA oh. what rating so what, what so obviously like if, we, if we're comparing like the Messi and Ronaldo of the sports like Kipchoge isn't it like he's a 99 yeah. he's, a, he's a 99 not like a 95 90 Okay, yeah, his team of the season would probably be like a ninety-nine. Let's let's say his cards are ninety-five. Yeah, so if you could, if you compare, what would you what would you go? Maybe like so. Obviously, you could eat. I could just go like, okay, yeah, I back myself. I'm a ninety-two, but then you're just thinking, nah, mate, shut up, stop being a melt. So you pro- probably may, in running terms, maybe like eighty-four, eighty-five, maybe. Ah, strong. Maybe, maybe, maybe a bit less. Maybe like. 82, 83, 84 sort of thing. Yeah. Depends. I think that's a, that's a solid bet. That's a solid bet. I mean, because you could, you, could, you could back yourself a lot, couldn't you? And go like, oh, yeah, I'll be like an 89. But realistically, you just sound like a bit of, a, a bit of an idiot. Don't you? We, need, we need that. We need a FIFA-related sort of running game to come out. I, I'd be involved. I'd, I'd get involved in that. that would we, be, we should... Be I wish I knew how to code. Like manager one. Imagine if we had pack openings where you could open athletes and then it coordinates with the Diamond League and like all the different races based off points system that'd be cool would be cool would be very cool um, and then I guess coming to the end of like the podcast sort of thing obviously I don't want to take too much of your time um, the, one of the big questions that we ask is sort of like what, where do you see yourself like where do you want to be in sort of 10 years Ten years, so I'll, ten years I'll be thirty-one. Mm. So probably still, probably still running to be honest, man. Yeah. If I'm, if if everything's been going well, if like I've hit the goals that I want to achieve, just still and still enjoying the sport, probably still, still involved in it then, because I think at the end of the day, it's only a, only a short career, and I think once you get in towards thirty-one, thirty-two, thirty-three, you kind of yeah. come in towards the end of your time, really, like if your body's holding up all right by then so I think I think is that I can't I don't really really think that far into the future like now I've got yeah. all my eggs in one basket trying to trying to make yeah. it in the sport first of all so yeah who, who knows yeah 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 that's that's fair enough way of looking at it uh 
long time in the future, I ain't got a scuba. I'm going to be probably going to have to make a bloody marathon or half marathon debut yeah. by that point. So I don't want to think about where I'm going to be at that time. That's that sounds disgusting, isn't it? It is. It, it, well, it is. Because I'm going to have, I'm going to have people like you at that point who sort of think the 15 has been fun. I'm going to go and ruin someone's career at 5k. Oh, mate, I'm not going to move into the 5k. I promise you that. <laughs> That's never, ever happening. Like, I'm still an 800-meter runner at heart, mate. Yeah. The 15's a long way. Fair. Fair. That, that speed lasts it, though, doesn't it? But no, no, we'll, we'll get you on a 5k track at some point. It's got to be done. It's got to be done. Um, more than a half laps. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, mate. Speaking maybe of a 5k. A, maybe a 3k. Fair. Fair. Maybe a three k. Yeah, I've just had an update on Joe Wigfield's five k. Oh, the segment, the five k segment, was thirteen twenty nine. By you, Joe Wigfield. That's what I'm saying. It, the segment was actually quicker than he finished. Oh bloody hell! Oh well. Okay. Fair play, Wigfield. Big up, mate. Yeah, that's right. So, looks Big like we're work. moving to marathon sooner than we thought, Rory. Oh no, I, I'm I'm backing myself to run some 1340 now. <laughs> that that's the difference there, Alfie. When someone when someone runs that, you got you say fair play, and then you do what you can to, Alfie, to get time on it. If you put out, you'd probably run a bit quicker. Yeah, Alfie. If if you stop wearing them bloody shorts and socks, mate, you, it's it's going to happen. So, sorry, Rory. What what's your season's best this year of a three k? Sorry, sorry. Injured. Been injured. Yeah, yeah. Different. It's different. What? You've done two 2K races as well. I've only done one, you know. Injured. But, uh, yeah, so that, that sort of, uh, I guess, the last question that we, that we usually ask. So, I guess, taken about an hour and 40 of your time, mate. So, thank you for coming on. Literally, I have nothing else. I would have just been like, <laughs> fucking sitting here, probably, like, going out for a walk, whatever. Oh, man. Spencer is around the corner, so I'm going to go meet him for a coffee in a bit. Quality. That, that's yeah. what you want to be doing. Do you have anyone to call out for the end of the podcast? Uh, we found out, out? Just stir the pot a bit with some beef, because we found stir out recently that apparently we're quite good at spreading beef on this podcast. So, so no. I don't really, I don't really have beef with anyone. And then mm. I like kind of if anyone's having sort of that sort of thing, it's more more fun in games more than anything like at the end of the day I'm not going to be not going to get not going to get upset or angry about anything like that so yeah I can't it's not really my game stirring stirring the pot as such there you See, go this George is Mills the nicest man in middle distance oh, athletics mate that's nah not, not the nicest guy that's all <laughs> don't you worry when it comes to when it comes onto the track it's a little bit different of course mate it's got it's got it's got to be God, but you can't you can't be a nice person on the track. It doesn't work. Yeah, it's like yeah. what's his name? Mourinho said it, didn't he? In the Spurs, Spurs documentary, yeah. like nice guys don't win anything. So, and yeah. now look what they're going to do. They're going to win the league. They're going to Mate, win the I, league. I put a bet on. I put a bet on at the start of the season, forty to one. Put ten quid yeah, on. Really? Yeah. Who do you support? Who do you support? So okay, yeah, this is a bit controversial. So, when I was like four years old, my dad's best mate or whatever bought me a Chelsea kit. Mate, That's and I've supported them. I know. Yeah. Oh, it's so wrong, isn't it? It's so, so wrong. 
it's fair enough that because that sticks with you like one of your first like football kits or whatever yeah. so my my dad's mate bought me uh United I, I, i'm really i'm really i've been in really like obviously i've got a massive soft spot for these like i've watched them obviously like last last few years whatever obviously like now i'm a bit more interested because they're doing because no one really wants to watch championship football do they let's be honest leeds yeah. and chelsea not no no not, not, don't really support these like they've got got a soft spot for them Disgusting behaviour. Yeah. What about what are you, Sheffield? Tottenham. Tottenham. Yeah. How are you saying that's just got you literally live? Because of the team. Because of the team. Not because okay. of the. That it's fine. I, I'm all for supporting who you want, but come on, Chelsea. We're oh. actually playing you tomorrow. Newcastle, yeah. Chelsea tomorrow. It's next week, mate. It's internationals. See, that's what Zanetti knows about football. It's Mate, international break this weekend. You yeah. Hate to see Did it. you not watch England last night? No, I watched Scotland Serbia. I watched did you see the penalty shootout? Mad. Mitrovic. Oh, so yeah. glad he missed. Yeah. Bless Mitro. That's that's when you leave Newcastle, that's what you get. Yeah. You shit at penalties and then you don't go to Euros, so lucky boys. You hate to see it. But uh but yeah, mate, so thank you. 